How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? What's the real truth about Citizen Kane? It'll probably turn out to be a very simple thing. Everybody, we hope you're doing well. I'm Parker. And I'm Max. And welcome back to another episode of Better Than Citizen Kane, the highly subjective show where we look at a movie and ask the question, is it better than Citizen Kane? Each week on this show, we take a movie, old or new, criticized or praised, and look at it through three pieces of criteria, historical and technical relevance, how well is it doing what it's trying to do, and how does it connect with us emotionally, or do we like it? And if you like Citizen Kane, that's fine, because we're not here to hate on it. But when every movie ever made is a reasonable contender for the title of greatest film of all time, you have to wonder... Is there something better than Citizen Kane? Cut the crap, man. It's Shaft. Or is it? Today we're discussing the 1971 black exploitation action thriller. You're damn right. Fun. Thanks. That's good. Thanks. I didn't tell Parker I was going to cut him off. Oh, man. I wasn't ready. I didn't know. I just, yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, hello, everybody. Hi. Glad you're all here. Thank you for joining us yeah. uh, for Shaft. For Shaft. Week. Okay, I'm I'm excited about this one. I I'm had a good excited time with too. This. Parker told me, yeah, I had a good time with it too. Yeah. Parker told me he did a lot of research for this, which I is did. good. We're yep. continuing the research. We're doing some more research, folks. And Max and Parker are doing research, and by that I mean Max did research once, and Parker has done research twice. <laughs> and now Parker will be doing the research forever, always. And and Max will continue to do the bare minimum on this show. Um, no, but yeah, I had a lot of fun with Shaft. <laughs> yeah, I did yeah, too. It was a good time. We um, watched it together. We did. Which was fun. What is your history with Shaft? Um. Nothing really. Just non-existent. Well, no. So, like, Shaft's one of those movies that, like, okay, hang on. So, yeah, I, I, I'm sure I'd heard like the words theme from Shaft at some point. Sure. But I hadn't even really heard the song before. Really? I don't think so. Okay. So, like, my experience from like film school with like black exploitation film, we we didn't watch Shaft. We watched another one. And maybe just clips from another one. Mm -hmm. I think it was one of those where it was like, and this happened. And I was like, great. Sure. Um, and then in 2019, they did the third in the, <laughs> they did like the third movie called Shaft, um, which is not the third Shaft movie. No. But the <laughs> but it brings back Richard Roundtree and it brings back Samuel L. Jackson and introduces a new Shaft because they're all in the same universe. Right. And I did the research on that. And that was interesting to my 2019 year old self brain of like, Oh, so the 2000 Shaft wasn't a reboot? Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, but it wasn't? And this new one brings them all together. It's like a legacy sequel for both Shaft franchises. And it's yeah. like, interesting. And I just really liked the orange coats that they all wore in that movie. Mm. And I joked with my friends. I was like, can we get those coats? Or is that like, do we not look good in those <laughs> coats? I don't know. But um, at some point, I would like to have matching coats with, I guess, my dad. That'd be great. And my, yeah. and my kid. Yeah. We I could all... I think you same. should. I think that would be fun. Yeah. I have to pick a color. Anyway, that's... Purple. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, all three of you, yeah. purple? Well, the other day we were talking about what we'd wear on a red carpet, and you said purple, and then when I said purple, I felt bad. Yeah. But what if we all just wore purple? It's a good color. Like, if you, Will, and I ended up on a carpet somewhere, and we yeah. all wore purple? Hey. Not a bad idea. It's the it's the color of the Criterion cover for this movie. It it's is. It's a good color. It's a good color. Um, what's your his? Can't believe my history of Shaft is well as a as a legacy franchise. I was really interested in it, but um, that's the truth. Um, what was your experience with Shaft, Parker? Um, somewhat similar. Um, I'd never seen it before. Um, I had heard about it. I'd I'd heard the theme before. I did. I did have that leg up on you. Uh, I'd I'd yeah. heard the music before. Um, and I really liked the music and the theme. Um, and I 
knew of its reputation through just kind of generalized in like a film history class I took in undergrad. We we briefly touched on like black black exploitation right. cinema right. and you know name dropped like this and Foxy Brown and things like that. Yeah. Um, but that was about it. I had never like I, I really knew very little about it other than that I knew he was a detective. And yeah. That was it. I was like, yeah. okay, I sure. Yeah, and that like came up for me as well when I was doing my little research mm -hmm. five years ago. Well. <laughs> Um, wow, you really prepped in advance for this. I really did. Well, but then it got added, added to the Criterion Collection, mm -hmm. and so it kept, I kept seeing it. I kept seeing that cover they did for it, and I yeah. kept being like, this would be fun to watch at some point. Totally. And so... And it was indeed fun to watch. And it was fun to watch. At some point. Yeah. At some point. A week ago, or whenever <laughs> we watched this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, We'll touch on this more as we go, um, obviously, when we get to the criteria, but just general thoughts, because this was your and I's first time watching this. Uh, yeah. Just general general vibes with it. What'd you think? I really liked it. Yeah. I think it's really fun. I yeah. A, I think it's a fun watch. Mm -hmm. um, very, like, easy to watch. It's like, I don't know. Like, it's interesting in that it's like, it's an action film that is not, like, the best action in the world, but it, mm -hmm. it's, like, still good to watch. Like, it's just... It's well-crafted, but not in the way that people often say that, if that yeah. makes sense. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What am I trying to say here, Parker? What, is, what, what do you think of the movie? I, I, think, I think it's really well put together. I think, I think it's very entertaining to watch. Um, it's got a very fun energy to it that yeah. I like quite a bit. Um, I think, like the plot isn't really the main focus of the movie. Like it's not like a plotty movie in yeah. that way. It's much more about just like the action and the beats and the characters and the music. Yeah. And like they, they have a plot that Shaft is, you know, unraveling. Right. But I mean, and that's like it, like it works. It's not like it's not without story. No, not at all. But it is kind of just like, you're just going to go along for this little ride. Yeah. Like it seems to me, um, and I don't know, like in my research, I couldn't find anything that said this specifically, but like it almost feels as if it was designed like set piece by set piece and then put like a string of a plot to connect those mm. ideas together. Like it's like here are the yeah. moments and the scenes we want to do and then we will create something yeah. to like, kind of like throwing know, a, a man out the window and then quickly going, Yeah, but that actually doesn't matter at all. Right. <laughs> That's just like a, a tool with which someone will contact you. Totally. You're right. Yeah. Because they really just move past that. Once, yeah, they're just like, okay, let's keep Once on. he gets thrown out the window, they're like, you know, like Bumpy comes and he's like, mm -hmm. are you mad about that? And he's like, I don't care about that. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I have something else entirely <laughs> to talk to you it's about. It's like, this doesn't matter to me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I had a good time with it. Yeah, it was really fun. Very right. watchable. Very I think watchable. that's what I can say about it. Yeah. It's well crafted in a way that's very watchable. Totally. Um... And okay. Now, now Parker presents for the research corner research. with uh, Parker research Rollins. corner with Parker Rollins. Great. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk a little bit just about black exploitation as a genre to get kind of the stage set, and then after that, I thought it would be good for us to jump into summary. Yeah. And as we go through summary, I'll kind of sprinkle in stuff Ooh, about okay. the movie specifically yeah. that I found out. Cool. That's sounds good? good. Yeah. Okay. So, um, black exploitation is a uh, film genre, a film movement of the early to mid 70s. The term was originally coined by the head of the Los Angeles um, NAACP, Junius Griffin, 
And originally it was very much meant as a criticism of the genre. He didn't like it very mm. much. Um, he coined the term in August I mean, of 1972. The, yeah, the name of it. Yeah. Being like a plan of exploitation. You'd right. Think, yeah. Exactly. And so like the defining features of black exploitation are um, exploitative tales of sex, drugs, crime, violence, and black power is kind of the melting okay. pot going on there. And uh, Griffin claimed that the genre was proliferating offenses to the black community and its uh, perpetuation of stereotypes often involved in crime. So he looked at this and he's like, this isn't empowering to us. This is very much perpetuating harmful mm. stereotypes that exist. And that term existed and then was essentially like repurposed as, well, no, we're going to wear this as a badge of honor. Yeah. Um, that became the term for the film movement. Okay, cool. Um, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so some background of kind of where this all came from is in the late 60s, white middle-class Americans were moving out to the suburbs, leaving the cities, um, which then left cinemas in the cities with declining revenues and smaller audiences. They were really hurting. And a lot of the people left in the cities were minorities, especially black communities. And these theaters and filmmakers were trying to say, okay, how do we appeal to these communities that are still here? How do we get people into theaters in cities, essentially? Um, you know, the civil rights movement is in full swing. A lot is going on with the idea of race in America. And right. a lot of black creators were wanting to express that in their art. Yeah. One of those people um, who is referred to as the godfather of black exploitation was a man named Melvin Van Peebles. And he was arguably the first filmmaker to get the genre of black exploitation cinema off the ground with his film, Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song in 1971. That's the, yeah. I was wondering if maybe that was yeah. the one that you've yep. kind of seen clips of. Yeah, that's the one I've seen a lot of clips um, And for those of you at home, I love the fact that Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song is spelled with two A's in the bad and six S's on the yeah. S. It's fun. Um, but his goal was that he wanted to create a film that like accurately represented his experience in life of like the black experience of what he observed, what he'd lived, all these different things. Um, he directed, wrote, scored, edited, and starred in it himself. Okay. And it was premiered in two theaters in Detroit and Atlanta. And on a budget of $150,000, it made $10 million okay. at the yeah. box office. And so everybody started paying attention. Right. To the point that um, what happened later led us to Shaft. Shaft was released two months later. And okay. it's the first studio black exploitation film. Interesting. MGM funded it. They saw, you know, the rumblings of what was going on over with uh, Sweet Sweetbacks. Mm -hmm. Kind of, you know, they're put into production approximately the same time. But then as soon as this success happens, they're like, oh, okay, we really need to, again, two months later, they're like, boom, okay, here it is. Yeah. Right? So that kind of got the ball rolling. And the genre ran from the early 70s to like mid 70s. It kind of peters out by like 77, 78. Um, okay. But as it went along, um, it gained quite a bit of traction. So back with Sweet Sweetbacks, um, Huey P. Newton, the leader of the Black Panthers, loved the movie, mm -hmm. like was a huge proponent of Sweet Sweetbacks. And he said, quote, finally, there was a movie out with some consciousness in it and had all the elements for a possible revolutionary movie. Um, and so from there, you have this huge explosion of studios smelling money, starting to put films like this into production. Yeah. And very quickly, like it's part of what made black exploitation cinema kind of burn out so quickly was just a huge oversaturation of the market. So yeah. you have this, two months later, you have Shaft, 
And then in the course of like three years, you get the big ones of the genre. So you get stuff like Cleopatra Jones, Foxy Brown, Superfly, Blackula. They all happen yeah. within like three years of each other. Well, and even the entire Shaft franchise mm-hmm. did. Basically, the original one with Richard Roundtree. There was a sequel to this a year later yeah. called Shaft's Big Score. And there was another one called Shaft uh, Goes to Africa or Shaft in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a TV series. And all of that happened. Everything with the original Richard Roundtree Shaft happened between 1971 and 1975. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, then that, so take that energy of this franchise and apply it to the entire genre. And that was right. what was going on is that they quickly, like it started very much as what Shaft is with very grounded like crime thrillers right and then from there they spin out into all sorts of other genres they do horror they do kung fu they do westerns there's all sorts of stuff happening and as that's going on you've got kind of two main issues that come up which is one just the oversaturation of the market everybody's making these and people kind of get tired of seeing them so quickly so often yeah and also, um, there were people within the black community who started pushing back against the films a little bit. More conservative black activist groups, such as the Coalition Against Black Exploitation, kind of like boycotted the movies and spoke out against them and said, hey, we don't like the stereotypes here, all of these different things. Right. And it became you know, a sort of conversation of sorts. Yeah. But eventually, it burns itself out rather quickly. But into the 90s, you have this new batch of filmmakers who grew up watching these films um, such as people as Spike Lee. And that leads to the new black realism movement of the 90s. Cool. And we see that, and it pulls a lot of its influences and its stars from, like, the black exploitation pool of the 70s. Cool. So that's a pretty, like, super quick 101 of, like, the movement and the genre as a whole. Okay. Um, And Shaft's place within all of that is as the first studio film. Gotcha. Like, MGM backed this, and it was a big deal for that to happen. And that's kind of why Shaft holds, well, one of the reasons why Shaft holds its kind of historical place in all of that. So there's some context. Yeah. Um, Do you want to, do you want to jump in on some summary? Yeah, sure. We open with Shaft walking down the street to the theme from Shaft. Yes. Which is wild. I can't believe they got the rights to the theme from Shaft for Shaft. That's nuts that they got it. Um, And he's just looking cool as hell. Mm -hmm. Literally. Like, has a man ever looked cooler? No, um, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't. Well, it's. I don't know. Uh, there's a really great featurette on the Criterion from the costume designer, and he was talking about how his costume is like a variety of different elements that they wanted to pull of making okay. him stand out. So, the trench coat is very noir. Yes, that's what they is. wanted to do. But the leather makes it inner city. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes it black. And also, it's like something I thought was really funny that he talked about is that he was like, hey, you know, it catches your eye. It catches the light. Like, we put an extra gloss on the leather. Yeah. Like, there's a spray you can get to make it even glossier. He's like, and that's a statement piece if you're walking around New York. He's like, because you have to be enough of a badass to keep that coat. He's like, somebody's going to steal your shit. Yeah. And usually you want to keep as low of a profile as possible so that doesn't happen. And a coat like that is a statement piece. Yeah. Daring people to be like, yeah, come take it. Right? Yeah. So I thought that that was really fun. He said that the tweed suit underneath is kind of a repurposing of 
very like white professorial sort yeah, of vibes. Yeah, it's very like academic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So they took that. That's cool. They tried him in button ups and a tie, and it didn't work. And yeah. so the turtleneck came about because he's like, hey. This is still classy, but it's much more casual. It's much yeah. more agile. And, you know, you have a bit more give with a sweater than you yeah. do with a button down. It doesn't look as stuffy. And so I just thought that was so interesting that, like, every piece of that outfit is very specifically decided. And it comes together to just be, like, the coolest anybody's ever looked. It's Yeah, I think it's, like, the, like, easily top, like, cinematic looks anyone's ever had. Yeah. Yeah. So he walks and mm -hmm. there's a, it's the whole song. It is. He's just walking. Mm -hmm. It's great. It's and a the great song, intro, like, opening credits. I love the song and the songs in this film, but especially the theme, like almost operate on musical rules. Like they it's do. telling you stuff about him yeah. and about the story. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Like the opening line of the theme song is like, <laughs> who's that black private dick? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, who's the sex machine with the chicks? And they go, Shaft, you're, you're damn right. And it's like. Yeah, it's it's yeah. operating off of like character introduction song, mm -hmm. I am song. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Eat your heart out opening of Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Man, that's really great. Yeah. Um yeah, so he walks and then he goes he finds out from he goes to visit some like he goes to mm -hmm. the barbershop, I think, first, right? Yeah. Yeah. He goes there and they're like, Hey, two guys are looking for you. They had guns. Mm -hmm. Um he's like, All right, got it. Yeah. He heads back out, he gets he runs into um Lieutenant Vic, his name is Vic. They call him Vic, right? Is, I think no, so. Is Vic in, Vic's in this scene, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Vic sure. uh, runs into him and is like, hey, Shaft, all these guys, like these guys were looking for you. They had guns. Like, what's going on? Mm. What are you doing? And this is where I learned, and this is really embarrassing for me as someone who has been working on a um, a screenplay about a private detective uh, who has like a <laughs> touchy relationship with the police. I didn't realize that the police gave you like licenses to be a private detective. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. I always wondered. I was like, what gives you the right to just be a, a private eye? Right. Because he threatens him with that. He threatens him with that at a certain point. He's like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna take yeah. back your badge, and you won't, you won't have, you won't be able to walk around. You won't have like a gun license. Mm -hmm. You won't be able to like do all this stuff. Yeah. You'll um, be basically on, be on probation for six months. Yeah, exactly. And he, he threatens him with that in this scene, right? Maybe that's a little. Later. I think I think he mentions it, but then like the other the other police. Right, chief or inspector, like he really yeah. doesn't like shop later on. As you said, the most like give me your gun and your badge guy you've ever <laughs> Absolutely. seen. Absolutely, like you didn't. We didn't realize it was such like a played straight <laughs> moment. Yeah, and of course, I mean, I guess all the parodies have to come from somewhere. Totally. Um, but yeah, so he runs into Vic, and Vic's just kind of like, hey, you know, mm, mm -hmm. you know, just vaguely, and he's just cool. Yeah, he's so cool. He's he just brushes them off, it. and they're like, well, where are you going? He's like, I'm gonna go get laid. What are you doing? <laughs> That's awesome. He laughs. Really, yeah, I and love he laughs. There's a lot of like big laughs from Richard Roundtree as Shaft, which is so delightful. It's really like, great. He's really delightful to watch mm -hmm. in this role. And it's like a role that you're like, all right, you know, he's sleeping around, you yeah. know. He is like kind of a cop, but it's like, no, this guy's still cool though. Totally. Um, yeah. Anyway. So he goes, he go, tries to go home. There's mm -hmm. one of the men in the trench coat with the gun waiting for him. So he sneaks around the back. And then like hits him really hard, and he goes, "Yeah, sorry, my friend's sick," and he takes him upstairs. It was it was so close to like what we would get a decade later with like Arnold stuff. Of, like my friend, yeah. he's dead tired. Like yeah. I was like, "That's crazy." Yeah, 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 yeah. Very like action heroy from what we'd see from like right. action heroes for decades. Um. Anyway, so they go upstairs and they have a big old tussle. Mm -hmm. Um. 
who do they work for again? Do they work for Bumpy or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they work for Bumpy. Right, and they're like, Bumpy wants to talk to you, basically, uh-huh. right? That's all they're Yeah, but say. they just, they come in way too hot. They come the in problem. way too hot to the point that after the fight's over, uh, one of them goes out the window. Yeah, which um, something you and I commented on while we were watching it and then kind of came up in my research is during this fight scene, there's very interesting like POV shots. Yes. Like they're like grabbing yeah, the camera. Yeah, there's a shot where like someone's thumb is like, yeah, their like thumbs are the around lens, the lens. As if you it is, see them you know, as yeah, if like you're in Shaft's POV or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I just thought that was really interesting. And um, part of that comes from the director. So the director, Gordon Parks, yeah. um, is a super interesting guy. Like really? I, I want to find out as much as I can about this dude because yeah. um, he, before he ever made films, he was a photographer. He was one of the first black photographers to be featured in Life magazine. Okay, cool. Um, in 1948. Rad. He was also a published author. His first film was an adaptation of his own novel. Wow. Right before this. All right. Um, and the script was originally written for a white actor. And then he came in and... It's based on a book. But mm-hmm. it's not... Ba- the Shaft is based on a book, but it's not based on one of his books. No. Okay. Yeah. Is So is the book about a white detective? I, I would assume so. Yeah. If, yeah. If they, if they if wrote the, script, the screenplay yeah. for a rep. Wow. Okay. That would be my assumption. Yeah. Um, but he came in and it was interesting because he talks about how he's like, he wasn't setting out to make a black exploitation film. He was making an action movie with black lead. Okay. He's like, his whole goal was that he's like, uh, he said he wanted black people to be able to enjoy a movie on a Saturday night and that that date night would include a superhero who looked like an African-American person that was defying gravity. Is how he described okay. it. Yeah, is that he's like, yeah, cool. I want. Let's just let's just make him a superhero. Yeah, and I just I think that's really interesting. But um, back to the POV thing, like a lot of like he starts setting a lot of like the stylistic elements for black exploitation films, and one of those is kind of a grittiness to the film stock, to the color, and to the shooting style. There's a lot of zooms. Yeah, there's a lot of POVs. There's that really interesting choice where Bumpy looks directly at camera yeah, and, later on. And Bark and I went, oh, hello. And then Barker literally went, hey, Bumpy. And I just thought that was the funniest. <laughs> that was so funny. Uh, yeah, that but, was really interesting. It was an yeah. interesting choice. Cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah interesting. Just interesting stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so the guy goes out the window, mm. immediately shafts in trouble with like, Vic and like the guy we were talking about. Yeah, they're like, you murdered somebody. Yeah, you murdered. And, and all you know about this friend of yours is that his first name is Tex. And he goes, Yeah, that's it. That's all you know about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and again, they're just kind of like getting real mad at him. And he's just, again, he's just like, Whatever. And yeah, he, he pulls, just doesn't care. He's, he talks about like the black experience or whatever. And Vic's really just where Vic's like, Don't pull that black shit on me. And I was like, Interesting relationship. Yeah. Right, um, interesting. They, they have a really funny moment in there where Vic he holds up a pen and he's like, you're not so black. Yeah. <laughs> Shaft holds up a white teacup. He's like, yeah, man, you ain't so white. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really, he just laughs at his own joke. And yeah. Vic's like, yeah, yeah you la- got yeah. me. Vic, Vic's chill. Vic's chill. Vic's chill. He's a chill guy. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, still, still a cop. Still worker. a cop. I, I but... don't know if I'd go as far as to. <laughs> <sighs> Awkward. No. Um, But this is a really funny movie as well. It is a very like, funny it's, movie. It's, there's so many good like lines like that and good like quips and stuff that are mm-hmm. really again it's just very fun to watch. Yeah. Um, Shaft leaves mm-hmm. maybe with another line about gonna go have sex maybe. Probably. Doesn't he go home right after that? Yeah, he does. <laughs> and he has sex. Uh huh. And there's a really like, no wait no yeah that's right yeah yeah, yeah. He, he goes home and his girlfriend walks into her apartment and he is just splayed out on the couch naked. Yeah, reading a magazine. Yeah. 
Um, and then they have sex. And yeah. it's a really, and, and I, I think it's a pretty nice sex montage of like, there's like circle, you know. Yeah, it's like eat your heart out, Wong Kar Wai. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. what this looks like. Yeah, it's exactly it. And it's like this really nice like fades and you like see her like hands behind his back and like mm-hmm. they like, you know. And these circles of colors, really and cool. Colors. And then it hard cuts to Shaft eating a hot dog, oh God, taking like the biggest bite of the hot dog. And that was like the biggest thing. laugh Parker had all oh, night. Oh man, I um, was losing it. It's, it's such a funny cut. It's really funny. Uh, Vic runs, so that's when Vic sees him again. Yeah. And is like, well, what have you done mm-hmm. <laughs> like, to solve this case? And he's like, I got to go right now. Yeah. And he goes. He's like, where have you been? Getting laid. Yeah, exactly. Like he said what he, what he said he was going to do. Yeah. Um, it's a man of his word. <laughs> Um, and is this where we get the Soulsville montage? Or, I think so. Yeah, because yeah. he's because he he decides that like because I I can't remember. Does he talk to does he talk to Bumpy because he needs to go? Eventually, he's going to go look for Ben. That's the whole yes. thing, right? Yeah, but he doesn't know Ben where Ben is. Not not yet. So that's why he's going around. Right. That's okay. Yeah. So it's that montage. Yeah. Um, which I also found out during that montage when he goes to Ben's old apartment and the landlord answers. That's the director. Oh, that's great. Gordon Parks. Oh, nice, he's like. Nice. He's like, well, tell me if you find him. He owes me six months' rent. <laughs> so yeah. That's a little director cameo. I, I really like this montage, and I really like this song by Isaac Hayes. Interesting mm. thing about Isaac Hayes, who wrote the theme from Shaft and like did this whole album, yeah. is that he auditioned for the role of Shaft, mm-hmm. and they didn't cast him. They cast Richard Roundtree, but they liked him so much that they had him do the music. Mm-hmm. But I think the Soulsville montage is really interesting because the movie takes a second to just portray like the living you know, conditions of totally people in the city. And like Soulsville is entirely about the black experience and how like the chains that hold, like they should live free. They don't, the chains are hard to see. Mm-hmm. Can't get a job. Welfare is up. Yeah. Like you're in a building that's falling apart. Like all of this stuff is, and it's just very interesting montage of just shaft going to like get information from people. And you see him like interacting with like community members. Yeah. And it's really cool and interesting. It's something that, you know, the noir reference is there, but like, this is such like a different version of totally. that. Totally. And something that they talked about in like the behind the scenes documentary that I thought was really interesting about this scene and also about the opening yeah. is like two pieces of information they always wanted to portray about Shaft visually is like in the opening, he just walks into traffic. He doesn't care, right? Like right. he owns that city. And they're like, that is really powerful to see a black man doing in the 70s yeah. of just like, no, I am taking up space fully. Um, something else they talked about kind of jumping a little bit back and then I'll go forward of they they talked about the like you know in context of the time period it like it still needs to be talked about like how at least at this point it gets better as black exploitation goes on with uh you know female led movies but like this movie particularly women aren't characters no. there's objects they're yeah. just here and it's you know it's the same it's the same if you went to go see a James Bond movie of this era. Like yeah. it is a product of its time in that way. And it's For sure. worth pointing out and worth talking about. But something they mentioned in the documentary that I thought was interesting is that they're like, it's important that Shaft is a sexual being. Like that is an important thing because it's always consensual. Mm-hmm. He's not, he's not aggressive. He's not belligerent. He also, it's a big deal later on because the first scene is with his girlfriend who is black and then later on he hooks up with another woman who is white. And that's another big deal of like, hey, look, like this just wasn't being shown on screen at all. And that's a huge deal. And coming back to this montage, something that I love that they were talking about is that they're like, 
what's really great about Shaft is his social mobility. He knows mm. everybody. Yeah. He he knows like he works with the police who yep. are white. He knows the gay bartender in the village mm -hmm. and is close with him. He knows, you know, these people at the hot dog stands and yeah. people he, sitting by the, you know, knows, dumpster fires you know, knows, and all these he things. He knows the man on the street who's like who tells him where Ben is yeah. eventually. But then he also knows that kid who's like clearly just like a high kind of like late sixties like hippie kid, right? And he's like, "Hey, I like I know you. What's going on? Can you go turn on the lights in my apartment?" Yeah, like he knows everybody. And so they just talked about how like that that made a really big impact too to just see him navigating all of those spaces and not being separated by any sort of social class or racial class. Yeah, which is also interesting because so many detective characters always have that trait. Mm -hmm. But they're like, especially like white detectives, like Sherlock yeah. Holmes, big thing was having the network of all yeah, the street urchins, you know, they'd get him information and mm -hmm. like, you think about all, yeah, again, like all the noir guys would like go up to somebody and be like, Hey, well, what do you know about this? And he's like, Oh, well, he's down here. But like, it's recontextualized in a really interesting way mm -hmm. by having Shaft be a black man in New York doing these things. Totally. And to still commit to showing that fully. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think it gets really well illustrated during that montage. For sure. So I just wanted to bring yeah. that up while you're I didn't say about. it all when we were watching, but I, I really enjoyed that montage. Yeah. Um, so he learns where Ben is. Mm -hmm. Ben, I can't remember his last name, but Ben is who he needs to go um, see. Ben Buford? Wait, we Buford? totally skipped over the whole Bumpy part. That's why I was like, did we meet Bumpy already? We hadn't met Bumpy yet. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. That, that happens, but we... Before yeah. Shaft really gets on the case, because mm -hmm. he doesn't even know what... He wouldn't even know what he's doing yet. Right. Bumpy comes to his because he calls somebody and he says like, "Hey, tell Bumpy to meet me in my office tomorrow." Or whatever yeah. he goes, and he's late, and they're like, you know, Bumpy's like guy is really mad about this. Yeah. But um, what's his last name? Bumpy's. Yeah. Jonas. Bumpy Jonas. Bumpy Jonas is like a like a gang leader, like he, yeah, like, like right or like boss. a mob boss, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he uh, he comes to chef because his daughter has been kidnapped. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't know, he doesn't know who did it. Yeah. So he hires Chef to figure it out. And Chef's like, why am I going to do that? You know? And yeah. he does. And he's like, he's like, I think, I think Ben did it. Like, he's like, I need you to find Ben. Yes. Because either he did it or he knows who did it is like what Bumpy tells him. Exactly. And this is a really interesting scene. This is the scene where Bumpy looks to camera or is that later? That's later. That's, That's when later. Ben's there. But this is the moment where Bumpy cries. Yeah. And he's being very emotional. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really interesting too, because yeah. typically like mob boss, but especially like this black man who's like one of the scariest guys in New York, what we've heard about him, he like comes to Shaft and he's crying and is like, I need you to find my daughter. And also Shaft's reaction to that is a lot, is very unexpected where he's not like, he's not like, shut up, man. Like, yeah. you know, man yeah. up. Like yeah. he doesn't, yeah. he's not belligerent. Like you can kind of tell that he's, a little bit taken aback by like this display of vulnerability, but he doesn't berate him over it. No. Like he just kind of gives him space to be emotional about yeah. it, which is very interesting. It's very interesting. And so that's how he ends up on the case right. fully. So he goes to where Ben is. Mm -hmm. He gets in there. Um, he also has a costume change. He has a few costume changes in this. He does. Wait, does he, he doesn't change here though. He changes later. I was thinking of when he starts wearing the black sweater. Oh, that's right, later. Right, right. Sorry, yeah. everybody. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm doing so Parker always asked Max, me to do the summary. Max, Max, no. Max. Um, anyway, so that's where he is. He goes to find Ben. Ben's um, kind of like holed up somewhere with his with like his gang of, of guys, like his uh -huh. friends. And uh, and Shaft's like, we got to go. Or he's like, do you know what happened to this girl? And then there's like the place is like raided, yeah. right? By cops? Um, no, by the... No, by the mob. By, by the, the mob. mafia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sorry. Oh, man. 
Are you it's sure okay. you don't want to do this? <laughs> no, you're doing great. <laughs> um, yeah, so the mafia raids the place, and they're like, we got to go. They kind of get split up. All of Ben's friends get killed. Mm-hmm. But Shaft and Ben make their escape. Um, but not before stopping into a woman's apartment while they're hiding out. Yeah. Um, and this is a really interesting scene, too, to me, where, you know, um, where Ben grabs, like, a like a knitting needle. Yeah. To, like, basically kill Chef. He's like, you set us up. You did mm-hmm. this. And Chef's like, I didn't do shit. Yeah. And then the woman that the, whose apartment they've crashed into is like, young man, don't. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very interesting. Of yeah. Like also having this. This, like, maternal figure show up briefly for Ben. Right. And his, like, just this woman. And she, she's very sincere in her line delivery. She like, is. it is very much just, like, you you don't want to yeah, do you this. Don't like, do please. This. Yeah. So that was just also a very interesting inclusion that really stood out to me. Like, a yeah. moment that stood out to me. Um, but, yeah. So from there, they they run out. Where do they go from here? Um, From there, they go. I'm trying to remember. No, he takes him to his friend's house. He takes Ben to his friend's house and says, you can stay here for a bit while That's I right. talk yep, to the police. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he takes Ben, puts him in another, like a safe house, basically. Yeah. Another woman who is like done with Ben's shit and is like, you're going to sleep in my daughter's bedroom. Like, right. right? She has a line. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what the line is, but she also has like something very like, I don't know. Like there's just like that presence, which is interesting too. Totally. Or like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So Shaft goes to talk to the police. Yeah. And, um, Right? Or does he go mm-hmm. talk to Bumpy? Because at this point, he's figured out... Mm-hmm. At this point, around this time, he figures out that Bumpy set him up. Right. Right? There's mm-hmm. more going on here. So he goes and talks to Vic. Mm-hmm. Or he calls Vic. Yeah. Man, yeah, because, like, Vic... There's there's two pictures of, like, the mafioso men that just showed up in New right. York. And right. And so, like... Vic is like, what is going on? Like, you have to trust me. You have to let me in on this. Yeah. Um, he he tells him that he already knew that Bumpy was looking for Shaft, but he's like, I'm in the dark. Aside from that, like right. that's where that's where I stop with all of this, and I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Shaft still very much like plays it close to the chest. Yeah. Um, and he's like, no, nope, I'm still just gonna do my thing or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then from there he figures out that the mafioso are watching his place right but he also knows now he's basically figured it out that bumpy set him up in that the mafia have bumpy's daughter right and basically this is like a you know a turf war that's going to happen between the mafia and bumpy's mob basically Mm. and the public won't see that as a gang war they'll see it as white versus black right which is a problem like there's basically a war is going to break out yeah like the city mm -hmm. yeah things are going to boil over and Shaft's kind of caught in the middle of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Very intentionally. Right. Yeah. On someone else's part, not his. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody somebody put him there, right? Right. So that's, yeah, that's kind of the setting of the stage of yeah. what's going on. So yeah, Shaft knows that the mafioso are like watching his mm-hmm. apartment. So he pays a kid to go up, turn on the lights in his apartment. And he goes into this bar where these men are, right? Mm-hmm. Does that really yeah, yeah, already? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a big shootout, by the way. Right. <laughs> when Ben and Shaft were getting yeah, away. I just you, forgot, you covered that. Forgot to mention, I know. I just forgot to mention the action. Right. Um, this is a great scene. It's a really good Shaft scene. goes in and he tells the bartender, I had missed that they knew each other previously, mm-hmm. but he tells, he has the bartender. He's like, Hey, I'm just going to hop back here. And I, can you go out and I'll be yeah. the bar? And he's like, have funsies, which is like, <laughs> I didn't know that word existed in yep. 1970, mm-hmm. 1971. But it's interesting because initially with this bartender character, you go, okay. So he's, you know, he's clearly gay. He's like mm-hmm. a gay stereotype. Right. 
it's just going to be like a, a little portrayal that's like, okay, whatever. It was the 70s. Because that's on the mind. Yeah. Shaft goes to the bar and he starts serving these men who are watching his apartment. And he's like, hey, and while it's on the house, I'll have some too. <laughs> he's also just has taking, a drink with these guys. Has a drink with these guys and is asking them questions. Um, and then while this is happening, the bartender comes back and he's like, hey, that woman over there with the groovy boobs says that you turn her on <laughs> and you should go talk to her. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he like says something else about her boobs too. Yeah. But he also says... Does he well, call her know, bodacious? Is that I word so. thrown but around he also says, He also says, and I'm gay. Like he yeah. says, I'm gay, mm-hmm. which was very surprising. Totally. And I didn't actually fact check this, but I did read that this is like one of the first characters on screen in cinema to say, I'm gay, mm-hmm. which is very interesting yeah. and very cool. Um, but yeah, and so then Shaft goes over and he has this great line where he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't tell you my name yeah well first he first he gets on the phone and pretends he's talking to a girlfriend oh that's true but he's talking I mean, to he's Vic. talking he's to like Vic. hey can you send he's like, like oh, you hey send baby. A car here can yeah. you send yeah and that's great and vic's and vic just catches up catches he, he's on. done this before and so yeah. he's like do you need help he's like oh you need you know it baby and he's like well how many others like, yeah, about two like he's, he's given him everything he needs yeah it's really fun but then he has his line that you were talking about which is where he says, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't say my name, right? Mm-hmm. And then he says, it's John Shaft. And he pulls a gun on him, which is very fun. Yeah, and then the police rush the police in. police come in. They grab him. And one of the, one of the mafioso spits on him. Yeah. And he grabs a bottle and he breaks it over oh, the Oh, yeah, I head, forgot about that. He just which breaks a bottle over this guy's head. I thought was really interesting because in the documentary, they were talking about how that is sort of... Um, it, like... I don't think this was intentional on the parts of the filmmakers. This is more like looking back through film history and finding things right of like, it feels like such an interesting callback to uh, Sidney Poitier in the heat of the night, which is the slap moment. Right. Have you heard about this? No, I don't think so. So in that movie, he's a black detective in the South um, and they go to see this guy and he is, you know, basically a plantation owner is essentially this dude's shtick or whatever. And at a certain point, he, uh, he like, backhands Sidney Poitier's character and, like, calls him boy. And Sidney Poitier slats him right back. Yeah. And it's a huge deal. I'm trying to remember. It's the 60s. Let me see the exact year. Um, Is it, like, 62? 67. So, okay, so later. Yeah, so four okay. years before this. Yeah. And that was a huge moment on screen. It's just, like, you never saw a black man strike a white man, yeah. right? And it's it's a very firm slap but it is still kind of that backhand and right. this feels like an escalation of that it's like no it's a bottle this yeah. time like oh, that's yeah. where we're at now yeah, and i just think that's interesting. interesting yeah for sure cool so they take the mafiosos to like the police mm-hmm. and then they what is it? they basically Sorry. just sort of like they, they just sit down and they're just being tight-lipped he's yeah. like are you gonna tell me anything about where they're holding this girl and he's like no no yeah. we're not gonna do that and they're trying to you know they're like you know, we're not going to talk without a lawyer or whatever else. Right. And Shaft is like, well, I don't care. Like, I don't have to work around procedure. Like, yeah. that doesn't matter to me at all, right? Like, that's yeah. kind of what's going on there. Um, but then you find out that the room was bugged. The, 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 right. the, the asshole police dude bugged yeah. the room and heard Shaft talking about all this and admitting, right. hey, oh, there was a kidnap. Like, they get all that stuff he's been keeping from them. Of, right. Oh, Bumpy's daughter's been kidnapped. That's what's going on. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah. Do you want to take over for a bit? Because I'm like, yeah, no, like you're I'm good. You're of... good. I, I I pulled up the synopsis to oh, kind of great. follow along. Okay, so, great. Yeah, no, you're good. So from there, what happens, Barker? <laughs> <laughs> um, from there, Ben and Shaft go to the apartment um, where she's being held. Oh, yes. Like, because what happens is uh, he no, well, he's at he's at like a diner to meet this guy. Yeah. Um, and he goes and he waits for this where dude. we get the costume change, where he's got the mm-hmm. black sweater with the black right. leather jacket. And he tells Ben, he's like, hey, you tail us. Like, you and a couple of your guys follow yeah. us. Um, and I think... It doesn't say in here, but somewhere around this point, Ben and Shaft go talk to Bumpy. They do. I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where Shaft confronts Bumpy about all this. And Bumpy's right. like, yeah, you got me, you're right. Yeah. But... And so then, then he makes a deal where he's like... He's like, if we're gonna do this, like we need men, we need we need an army, and that's where Ben comes in. And Ben's like, I'm not putting my guys on the line for anything less than like ten grand a head, yeah. basically. Like that is how much worth one of my guys is worth. Yeah. And so Bumpy's like, yeah, fine, sure, like yeah. whatever. It's and they're kind of like testing him, like you're not gonna get totally. that much. Like they give him a really big number, and he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the idea, right? So they're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna bait these guys. Ben, you follow me, and then we'll know where she's being held, and we'll be able to get her, right? So uh, this mafioso dude shows up, uh, and they exchange words and slurs with each other. They do. Yeah. They exchange slurs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go, Ben and a couple of his guys follow them, and they get to the place where Bumpy's daughter is being held. Yes. And then right before they walk in, Shaft pulls a gun on the guy, mm-hmm. and it's like, hey, like, you know, any false moods, I'll blow your brains out. He's like, yeah. you don't understand. Like, these guys will shoot me before they let her go. Like, that's right. the level we're working And Shaft at. gets shot. Yeah. They shoot the dude, and they shoot Shaft through the dude, basically. Yeah. And then uh, one of the guys races out with uh, Bumpy's daughter, and Shaft is basically unconscious. Like, yeah. he's, he's, he's badly hurt. Yeah. He comes to, he's at his house mm-hmm. with his girlfriend, yeah. and there's a doctor who's taking care of him, mm-hmm. right? And he basically has to get up and he has to go. Yeah. Because he needs to, yeah. Yeah, they just need to go get her, basically. Yeah. Um, Yeah, receives medical attention. Doctor working underground with him. Like, he can't, he's like, no hospitals. Like, he can't take me to a hospital. Yeah. So they they get a guy that they know. Shaft tells Ben to, you know, get his men together and meet at the hotel where she's been taken. Because one of his dudes followed him the whole time. Right. You know, he's like, hey keep an eye on him wherever he goes. And he's like, okay, they're at this hotel. Right. Yeah. And so they need to get her back. Um, he calls bumpy, tells him his daughter's fine. And that, uh, he's going to need some taxi cabs to meet them at the hotel for yep. the getaway. He's like, have mm-hmm. them waiting, have them all set. And then we get the final sequence. Yeah. Um, which is basically really fun. I mean, it's all the guys really put fun. on different costumes. They like knock out guys who work there mm-hmm. and they take their outfits. Yeah, like the the, the kitchen staff. Yeah, and like the elevator man, mm-hmm. like the doorman. Um and they kind of rush into this place. Yep. Use like a fire hose, they use guns. Yeah, it's This is not interesting to place. break down beat by beat, but they yeah. they do a bunch of action. They, they've got they've got the big stunt of him swinging from the top of the building in through the window Fashion and shooting the, window, the guy. Shooting the guy. Which is like the poster, the original yep. poster for the film. Yep. Um and they they get the daughter yeah it's just this whole action sequence just fighting their way out of this hotel yeah um and then i always like i like scenes like this in the build-up and the Mm -hmm. build-up is really good of like taking out the staff getting the getting the outfits and disguises shaft going to the roof um (laughs) 
they're like he's prepping his like molotov cocktail or whatever he's like do you have anything flammable and the guy's like going through his pack and trying to find oh, stuff. Oh yeah, and like gin and, mm-hmm. and he's yeah. like, "This is gin." Like when he takes a drink of it, and then the guy, the guy tries to drink a drink, and Shaft like knocks him. He's like, "What are you doing? Come on!" Yeah. <laughs> this is really good. Um, we did forget to mention earlier that there is a scene. So the Shaft does go home mm-hmm. into bed with that woman from the bar, right? And they sleep together, and then he's like, "Well, hey, look, you got to go. I got some work to do." And she's yeah, like, like "Wow, you're great in the sack, but you're real shitty afterwards." Yeah. And then as she's leaving, he's like, hey, will you close that door? And she goes, no, close it yourself, shitty. <laughs> she laughs like, to herself. She laughs to herself, she leaves. And Vic, Vic... Vic comes in right after that. Yeah. And then they have a whole conversation where they where Chef breaks down his plan. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, and Vic starts to leave. And then he says the exact... He just says the same thing to him and as like, laughs because he's ha, like, ha, 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 I heard all that. Yeah. Yeah. And Which this comes into play. This is very important <laughs> because after they've gotten the daughter out, they all get in the taxi cabs and they all, they all get away. Yep. And he... He gets in the telephone booth and he calls up mm-hmm. Vic. Yeah. And he says, it's all taken care of. I just blew your case wide open. I just blew open. your case wide open. And then Vic says, well, Shaft, why don't you close it for me? And Shaft <laughs> says, close it yourself, shitty. And then laughs. Like a boisterous laugh as, as he, he walks slams the away. phone down and walks away. And then the credits roll. And that's the movie. It's a really great final line. It's fantastic. It's so and the laugh afterward fun. is great. Oh, man. I love it so much. Like, you and I were just like, ah. Yeah. Hell of a note to end on. It's really great. And, yeah, that's that's, that's the movie. That's Shaft. Yeah. Um, so, some more background on the film now that we've wrapped that up. Nice. Covered that. Covered that. Something I thought was very interesting is that this movie basically saved MGM from bankruptcy. Oh, okay. So it's uh, a budget of five hundred thousand dollars. It grossed fifteen million wow. off of that, and it was yeah. just a huge blowout success. Uh, it won the Oscar for best original song by Isaac Hayes. Um, I thought something that was really interesting: MGM hired a black advertising firm to do the marketing for the film. Oh, and so if you go watch the original promos and look at the pictures and the lobby cards, it's got a very distinct like flavor and style to yeah. it, which I really like. That's like they cool. had. Um, let me see if I, find, I need to find like the exact phrasing because I thought this was just a fun uh, like tagline they had for the film when it was being released. But like on one of the original taglines for the film on the poster was uh, "hotter than Bond, cooler than Bullet," which I just yeah. thought was again cool to like in the marketing specifically be drawing reference to like you know the two action heroes of the time of Stephen yeah. Queen's Bullet and you know James, James Bond. Bond. And yeah. it's like, yeah, he is of a caliber with those guys. And he is. Yeah. And I just I just thought that was cool, very man. very interesting to know that MGM hired like a black advertiser. Yeah, that's really interesting. That. Yeah. It's very cool. Cool. Yeah, so that's I that's also wanted to movie. point out that this is the first franchise with a black lead. Mm-hmm. Ever. Yeah. So And it is a franchise. It is it's, a franchise. It's had it, reboots, had, it's it had two sequels, it had a TV show, it's had a soft reboot and a legacy sequel. Yeah. So it's had basically everything you can have as a franchise. Right. Animated Saturday cartoon, uh, notwithstanding. Notwithstanding. I don't think they ever had that. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of these R-rated franchises never quite get oh. there. But also a weird amount of but them But a weird do. them do, which yeah. is really strange. Yeah. I don't know what's up with that. Yeah. But... Well, great. Criteria? Yeah. I think so. Great. So, you know, we already kind of touched upon some of the historical and technical relevance. Mm-hmm. Technical relevance... Not a whole lot. Not like whole they're lot. they're playing around with like experimental film sure. techniques of again POV yeah. and like ground level like very very early attempts at like steady cam stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
that sex scene with like the avant-garde color styles and things like there's things yeah, like that going oh, on sure. but i wouldn't say that they're breaking any ground yeah and like this is like one of the like prime example like highlight of black exploitation films totally but it's not the first no and like you said it's not kind of the peak either mm-hmm. but it is obviously like the first studio one which is the first big studio one and like big franchise moment with a yeah. black lead which mm-hmm. is like a big deal yeah yeah i think i think i give this point to kane still i think so too and just again yeah recognizing everything that shaft did and has continued to do totally but i do think that everything that citizen kane did is still point to kane yeah i think yeah. so okay, i feel great. i feel good with that cool how well do you think this is doing what it's trying to do i think it does it pretty damn well like, <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> everything that they're trying to do with it feels like it's hitting the ball out of the park like yeah. that was another thing they talked about in like the behind the scenes stuff is that the director um also had like he had some like amateur music music experience as well so he worked really closely with isaac hayes and wanted like the music to be a huge part of it yeah. and like that was you know very much wanted that to be just as much a part of the identity of the movie as anything mm. else and i think it does that yeah really well like i i want the soundtrack on vinyl so oh bad oh my now. god yeah like man absolutely i am a little curious where like that like like that guitar like mm-hmm. sound started yeah i'm curious when that kind of started. i would be i'd be curious to know as well yeah mm-hmm. yeah because that i mean that feels like a huge like musical legacy so i'd be curious to know what started that totally and like what ha- whether what like what origins that has in music mm-hmm. um but yeah the music to this really is really great yeah um so i don't i just it's again it's it's very watchable yeah it's doing everything that it's trying to do very well. It is interesting that you mentioned that Gordon Parks didn't initially set out to make a black exploitation film. Yeah. I wonder at what point that like shift shifted. happened. Yeah. Where he's like, I guess this is what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder as well. I couldn't find anything about like when that handoff happens, but it is interesting that like, I think he succeeds on both fronts, right? Like he succeeds at making a sixties and seventies, like, cop action action movie movie yeah with a black lead and also he succeeds at making one of the ur texts of of black exploitation one of the definitive black exploitation films yeah interesting yeah yeah is it doing it better than what citizen kane is doing and what it's trying to do (laughs) i (laughs) they're close they're very close very close yeah this question's so interesting because it basically puts most movies yeah. <laughs> at the same level. Totally. Like, it's just like, <laughs> unless one of them is just completely like... Missing the mark. Yeah, yeah. just completely off, right? Yeah. Let's come back to that one. Let's I, come back I, to yeah, that I'll one. think about that one. Um, how'd you connect with this? Do you like this? I had a good time with this. I mean, this. obviously, I think you'd rather watch this anytime. Sure. This is a very watchable movie, as we said. Absolutely. Um. But yeah, so you, you'd say you, you connect with... I think so. I Like, again, I... It's trying to make you feel like... Kind totally. Of like, there and... there are more elements of this that have stayed on my mind, whether it's the jokes or the soundtrack or the final line. Yeah. Like, in a way that I don't think I experienced with Kane when I walked out of it the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't sitting Back on my brain the same Back in 1941 when you walked out of the exactly, theater. That's exactly right, yeah. <laughs> When I got my official uh, print and uh, spooled it up on my projector in right. my room, 
<laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I think I think I would give the point to Shaft for me personally. Yeah. What about you? God, it's so funny to say Kane and Shaft. Like, you know, what's better? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Man. I don't know. This, this pair, like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this podcast's great. Um, I'm really up on it this week. Um, oh, man. I mean, yeah, obviously, like, this is really fun. Mm-hmm. And I've excitedly told a lot of people in my life about mostly the last line yeah like i was so thrilled by that totally but is there an element of like this is the first time i'd seen this and i've seen citizen kane enough times now that sure I go, whatever like if i didn't know anything about citizen kane went into citizen kane and then at the end i saw the sled burn you'd think i'd come out and be like oh my god the ending of citizen kane mm-hmm. but because i knew the ending before i even saw the movie and i'm so familiar with that sure whereas with shaft i had no idea what this was about mm-hmm. it's hard to measure for me but i guess i'll give the point to shaft <laughs> um all right let's come back to our tiebreaker then. all right oh man i think i can give it to shaft yeah i think, I think so too well yeah i think i think it's doing what it's trying to do really, really well. well and like i can't i can't say it's doing it better than citizen game but i think it's doing it really well and I don't know what I would change about it. No. Right? Like, yeah. as far as what it's trying to if do. If we were to ask that question of, like, what would you change about right. it? Nothing, really. Yeah. It's exactly what it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And we've famously or infamously said multiple things we'd like to change about Citizen Kane. Indeed. Which I worry and I will, will continue come back to, to do for years ass. to come. Oh, okay, good. Well, great. Enjoy all of By the By the end uh, of this podcast, I will have a script written that is a completely different movie with the title attached. <laughs> that is my promise. That is my goal. Oh, man. Studios are going to love you. <laughs> Guy who wants to remake Citizen Kane. Make, I just have some ideas. I just, I just, I, I don't know. I think we could punch it up a little. I bit. think I could do much better. I think I could do better. I think I could do than much the better. purported greatest film of all time. <laughs> Is that not the point of this podcast? But we're not saying we could make something <laughs> no, better than Citizen Kane. <laughs> it's a bit. Yeah, it is a, a bit. capital B. B-, it b- is a bit. bit. There's a question mark at the end of the title of this show because <laughs> it's a question. We're not saying we are better. <laughs> so we both give it to shaft on the second i think i think so so that's two points for shaft yep taking a step back do you think this is better than citizen kane i it it gets into what we've run into so many times where it's just like they're trying to do completely different things they're completely different movies this is not trying to be citizen kane no or better or you know this exact level of it and so it's like it you know if we ever you know, when we look at like prestige dramas, it's going to oh, be a yeah. lot easier to compare those yeah. two, right? Yeah. But like, this is like, it's so different. It is. But also, we have talked about so many movies that are so different. Absolutely. No, we run into this a I, lot. I don't think it is. You don't think it Just is? Just from a craft level, if we take it there. Okay. Okay. I think that Citizen Kane has a much, you know, higher quality of craft in that, if that makes sense. Like, uh-huh. I don't know. This is clearly like sh- a shot on like a lower budget, you know? Right. It's still great. I'm not saying that makes it bad. Yeah. That but... would like, that's, that's the thing that I would be interested in. And I'm trying to look up right now mm. yeah. and it doesn't, it's not actually any sort of a tiebreaker, but just as you were talking, it, it kind of jogged my memory of just thinking about it of like, 
Yeah. So Citizen Kane's budget was around $850,000 in okay. 1940s money. Which for us today would mean I would look it up, but yeah, but it's it's it is more that it is definitely more than what Shaft is working with sure. at its time frame. Okay, for sure. Yeah. And so I was just I was just curious about that of like, I think I mean, you're right that like on a technical level, it's it's falling short, and I wonder how much of that is just budget. yeah, there's just yeah, I don't want to like RKO bring in money like, behind it. Well, this movie didn't have any money behind it, so it's worse. Right. Like I don't want to bring that argument in, but just like, I don't know if I can say that Shaft as a film. Yeah, I think better. I mean, I think again, it it's a completely different thing. If I didn't have to give an answer, I would say I think they're both great. Let's right. let's end the show forever. Yeah. We don't need to ask this question anymore. <laughs> but I think to your point, I think Shaft as an idea is better than Citizen Kane. I think Shaft as this film is not. Okay. Yes. Is where I'll stand. Okay, great. Because I like I like the concept. I like, I like the, the character. Idea of Shaft. I just it doesn't appeal to me. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly what I'm trying Except to say. Except it does next. appeal to you because you did enjoy it. Yeah, I did enjoy it. Yeah. And like, just through my own tastes, I am much more likely to turn this on with a group of people than of I am to watch this and came with a group of people or by myself. Yeah. But I, I will agree with you that I think like taking the film as a film, yeah. removing it from its context of black exploitation, removing it from its context of the franchise that it spawned and yeah. the historic ways that it led forward. I think taking the film as a film, mm-hmm. I will say that Citizen Kane is better than Shaft. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Taking a step back yeah. while still really enjoying the movie. And I will probably watch this again sooner than I'm going to watch Citizen Kane. again. Of course. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I think again, we already gave it both points. It won two out of three points. Totally. But I just, yeah. Yeah. Great. Cool. But well, everyone should check out Shaft. You should. It's a good movie. I know we told you everything about it. You should watch it. Yeah. I it's think good. this is this is one of those that, like, I've, obviously, most of the movies we've watched I would recommend to people. But oh, this yeah. one specifically, I'm like, if you haven't watched it, go check it out. Yeah, and if it's, like, up your alley. Like, totally. if you're interested in, like, action films and, yeah. and stuff like You'll that. You'll have a good time with check it, Check this out. It's really fun. Yeah. Great. Yeah, all right. Well, next week... Who knows? Who a big blank slate. We do have a guest on. We do have a guest. Um, we haven't confirmed fully. I, the guest has has agreed to do it. Yeah. But we don't want to make any promises. Yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to paint anybody into a corner. So yeah, we so, will have a guest next week. And we, we'll have a movie. Fairly sure next we know week who this. And we will have a movie next week as well of our guest choosing. Ooh. So ooh, this is this is like this is like the. Uh, the mystery flavored airheads. It is. That's what this it's is. It's exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody knows what we're getting. We don't know what we're getting. We don't know either. Yeah. So look forward to that in a couple <laughs> weeks. But yeah, thanks everybody for listening as always. Thank you so much. And um, yeah. Take watch care. Shaft. Yeah. Bye everybody.